If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 10. <clears throat> I want to give a little background of the message this morning. I was not planning on preaching this right now, but in my heart, it just, the Lord just began to tell me to speak on this Matthew chapter 10. And I want to pray to open up here. Father, Lord, I just, Lord, you asked me to speak this, so I just pray that you would give me the words to say, that you would use me this morning to speak your truth, to know that that your word is unfailing and unchanging. That even though heaven and earth may pass away, your word will not. So we put our confidence, our faith in your word and speak to your people in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 10 says this, and he's, Jesus is, is confronted here and he says he left the place and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him. And as his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? Jesus replied. And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote this law. And Jesus replied, and this is where I really want to focus on this morning. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will, not leave, his, will leave his mother and his father until united to be his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate it. I'm not here to talk about divorce this morning. But I'm here to focus on what Jesus referenced. At the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. At the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, if you would turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. And I'll bring this all to a point here. Exodus chapter 20, and Moses is given the Ten Commandments. The Bible says, and God spoke all these words in Exodus 20. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall no longer have no other gods before me. And you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or on earth beneath the waters or, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God pursuing the children for the sin of the parents and the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. And you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all the work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or your daughters, not your male or your female servants, not your animals for a foreign residing in your town. For six, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, 
and the sea and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. And then the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Notice what the Bible says. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And once more if you would turn to Genesis chapter 2. It says this. Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. But the seventh day the Lord had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Once again, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all the vast array. In all their vast array. They were completed. You're thinking, what does these scriptures have to do with each other? Jesus is talking about divorce, and Moses is given the Ten Commandments, and here the author tells us that the heavens and earth were completed in all of its vast array. I want you to know my heart this morning that I have come to a position in my life where I have to believe that God's word is God's word. I've come to that position in my life where I'm going to trust God's word no matter what it says. But see, for me, that's an issue. That's a problem because I am such a, a mechanical thinker. You know, I don't, I don't understand concepts of, you know, abstract. You can show me abstract art and there is no sense to it. You know, you can show me people who think in abstracts and it just, it makes no sense to me. I have to know point A, point B, point C, point D. I have to know the order. It's just the way my mind works. And when it comes to our world and what the world tells us about our creator, it's completely opposite of what God's word says. And, and here was my problem. I could take at face value 99% of the Bible. I could take at face value everything the Bible said. I could believe that God could raise a piece of iron, that an axe head that sunk in the river, and Elisha can throw a stick in there and it can rise. I can believe that. I can believe that Peter, a man, was capable by the power of Jesus to physically walk on water. I can believe that God raised Lazarus, who was dead for four days, who was dead for four days, I can believe that. But the problem that I was having was I couldn't believe Genesis chapter 1. It was hard for me to believe Genesis chapter 1. You say, well, wait a minute, pastor. You know, that's the easy one. God created the heavens and the earth. Absolutely. But I want you to begin to understand something that it's not the way that our world says. Because they believe in a thing called Big Bang. And, and, and I, I met someone, I was talking with someone recently who is a, a strong believer in the Big Bang Theory, which, which was only invented over 100 years ago, to try to, to piece together this ideal of our solar system. 
And this idea that, that everything started from this singular point and it, it collapsed so much and it blew up and now we have this universe that we have. And yet, and they tell us also that this universe is continuing to expand. It's continuing to grow. It's continuing to go because, because uh, Edwin Hubble had the idea that, that because he saw these, these images in his telescope and there was this, this red, like a red trail of light, a red light, and that meant that things were moving and it was moving away, that it continues to move. And so science tells us that our universe is continuing to grow. Science tells us that over billions and billions, like 13 billion years ago, there was this big bang and then all of a sudden, you know, this earth was all hot and then it cooled down and then water came and then all of a sudden these bacteria formed and then, then the little frog came and then came the monkey and then came mankind. That's what science tells us. Science tells us about all these different things and I was having a hard time because you know what the Bible says? That in six days, God created heaven and earth and all of its vast array. And in Genesis chapter 2, it says that they were completed. It's done. That that's what God did in six days. You say, well, wait a minute. Do you, pastor, really believe that the earth was created in six days? What about all of the history and the thousands and millions of years that we've always heard about? I have to trust God's word. Because look at this. Some people will even have a view of creation as this. They will say that, that you know, there's a day theory, you know, where the days aren't actually equal days, you know, because the Bible says in 2 Peter, you know, days like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. Well, what does Peter say? It's like a thousand years. It's like a day. He's given a comparison. But, he, but when Moses wrote Exodus 20, what did he write? He wrote on there. He wrote in the law. It says, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Because in six days, in six days, and even in Genesis chapter 1 where it talks about the first day where he, God created light and darkness. There was morning and evening, day and night, the first day. It's not, it's not talking about this millions of billions of years in between all these days. Some people think that, you know, that the days represent millions and millions of years. Okay, then Jesus misspoke. Because the first verse that we read, Jesus says, remember that in the beginning, God created. At the beginning of creation, God created male and female. And so if Jesus is talking about creation and how God created male and female at the beginning of creation, what does the world tell us? That it took billions of years for man and women to come. It's like the last thing in this great long of evolution, line of evolution. Jesus says, no, at the beginning of creation. I don't know anyone who says at the beginning of creation, about 13 billion years later, man came about. But Jesus did not misspeak. Moses did not misspeak. And Genesis chapter 1 is very interesting to me. Because if you look at Genesis chapter 1, you will see over and over again, the Bible says, God said, let there be light. God said, I'm going to separate the waters. God said, God said, God said, God said. And then just a few chapters later in verse 3 comes the serpent. Comes that crafty little serpent in the Garden of Eden. And he tells, he tells Eve, he says, did God really say? 
the first words out of his mouth, the first thing he wanted to do was confuse Eve by what God really said. And isn't that true today that, that, that so many people are confused what God really said? Because they don't look at the Bible as God's word. They look at it as a good book or a guide or uh, just a collection of wisdom. But this is God's breath. This is God's breathing, his life. His word is, is alive and it has breathed God's breath in it. It is still reliable and trustworthy today. But what's the big deal, Pastor? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is this to me. How can we trust God if we can't trust chapter one? How can we trust everything that God said if we can't trust chapter one? You know, it's so funny to me that a lot of people, like I said, will read the Bible and they will think of the great miracles, the parting of the Red Sea. Now that's not scientifically possible the way God did it. The walls come tumbling down, tumbling down. That's not possible the way the world tells us. Raising someone from the dead after four days. That's not possible the way the world tells us. And so we take it at face value and we read those stories and we say, yep, that's what God says. That's what happened. Peter walked on the water. Paul preached forever. The kid fell out the window. He died and he rose from the dead. Now, that is a Sunday morning I would not forget. But it's not possible the way the world tells us the way things are. And then it comes to Genesis 1 and all of a sudden we have to come up with different ideas and different theories and and different ways of trying to make what science says compatible with what the Bible says. People will often say too, well, you know, pastor, the Bible isn't a book of science. And that's true. God didn't write this as a book of science. And I can't, it's not also a math book. It's not a biology book. I can't go, you know, turn to Psalms and try to figure out some calculus problem. Will's like, what are you talking about school? I'm done for. I'm done with it, you know. The thing is, is that This is God's word, but truth is still truth. Truth is still truth. And and if, if the authors of the Bible didn't understand the scientific reasoning behind what God said, it doesn't matter, it's still truth. Just like if if I tell a little kid we had a chance to watch my niece over the weekend, and it was nice having just a little baby around, you know. For only three days. I mean, that's the nice part, you know, because it's temporary. But no, it was fun to have her over it. And, and the thing is, is, we would always tell our kids, do not touch the stove. You'll burn yourself, right? Because fire, you'll burn yourself. That's truth. The baby doesn't understand the scientific reasoning or the, the temperature or the temperature gauge. and They don't understand any of that. They just know that you told them something and they, they obey it. And if they don't, they find out the truth that fire burns. So whether you understand it or not, whether the authors understand it or not, truth is still truth. And when it comes to Genesis 1, we have a hard time of relying upon what we've seen, what we've been taught, 
what we've been told compared to what God said. My goal is this. My goal is to read God's word at face value. To read God's word at face value. Not to try to rationalize it, not to try to to make my understanding of it because I love the way things work in a mechanical way. Like I said, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer when I grew up. I loved it. I loved order. I loved reasoning. I loved the way things worked. But Jesus said at the beginning of creation, God created people at the beginning. Moses, when he gave the law, said that in six days, God created the heavens and the earth. In six days. In Genesis 2, the Bible says that everything was completed. It's done. So what about all of the things that we've learned in science? What about all of the the things we've been told? I had to ask myself, what am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what science says or what God says? And that was the struggle, and that's what I've been doing over this long time, just going back and reading Scripture once again, throwing away all the things I've been told and all the things I've been taught, and really taking God's Word at face value. Even as a kid, I remember in third, fourth grade, they would always bring out those science books. They were science books, and you would... It was always interesting. We always had brand new science books. Why? Because they've been updated. And I thought, man, if science is so real, how come they always have to update it? How come they always have to give us a new edition? Because science is changing. And, and listen, I, I love the scientific field, real science, real science that, that, that proves things by, by looking at observing something and and forming a a theory about it and and then running some scientific tests to to either prove or disprove what your theory was and then reevaluating your theory and rewriting it because of the test and continuing to attack it and make sure that it is concrete. I understand that stuff and I love that stuff. But when it comes to creation, what do we really believe? We're going to be looking at the creation story over the next several weeks. But I want to leave you with this thought here. Is it really the way God said it? And I challenge you, even this next week, read. Read Genesis chapter 1. Don't read it with the filter of trying to understand what, what science has said or what you learned or what you think. Just take it at face value. Make a chart. Day 1, what happened? Day two, what happened? Day three, what happened? Just, just go and read it and over and over again because what I'm going to teach you is not, it's not going to be my opinion. It's just going to be a good look at what the Bible says. But the first thing we have to rationalize, the first thing we have to ask ourselves, did God really create heaven and earth in six days? From my understanding of Scripture, I have no doubt about it. From my viewpoint of scripture, say, well, wait a minute. That means the earth is young. That means that the earth isn't millions and millions of years ago. What about this? What about the dinosaurs? What about this? What about that? What about that? Let's just take one step at a time. Jesus said at the beginning of creation, at the beginning, at the beginning of a time period, God created man. 
On the sixth day, God created man at the beginning. Jesus didn't mean over millions of years. Jesus didn't mean over a process. You know, as, as Christians, we have no problem denying evolution. As Christians, we have no problem denying the Big Bang because we know that God created the heavens and the earth, not it just happenstance. Because what the world wants us to believe, what science wants us to believe is that we're just some little blob, some little dot in the middle of this unknown big universe that continues to expand, that we're just this little mistake that happened in the midst of all this vastness. And yet the Bible doesn't teach that. And we'll look at that. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But did he do it in six days? I remember talking to a pastor about this once, and he says, well, you know, we don't really know what those words really mean. We don't really know. We weren't there. Absolutely, we weren't there. So we have to trust what God's word says. And if you look at what Moses did, he didn't say in six days, which represent a vast amount of time. No, he said in six days, we're going to model our week just like God did. Six days he worked, on the seventh day he rested. That's what he does. Jesus referenced the beginning that at the beginning, God created man and women. You can't have billions of years in there. Why is this so important? Because truth must be truth. And we must really take word, take God at his word. Because I believe what the Bible says, that every eye will see Jesus when he comes. I believe that we are going to meet him in heaven or in the air when he comes back for us, when he raptures us, the church. I believe that in a twinkling of an eye that we will be changed and transformed. I believe that we have been rescued and saved from the wrath of God. I believe that Jesus Christ has guaranteed my salvation and eternal life. I believe those things. And so for me, my personal belief is this. I'm going to believe what Genesis 1 says. I'm going to believe it. And if God said that he created the earth in six days, and if Moses referenced a day model in Exodus 20, and if Jesus knows that that man and women were created at the beginning of creation, then I'm going to believe that God created this earth in six days. Now, I don't have all the answers. I'm not the most brilliant person, and I know that there will be even a lot of Christians that will disagree with my theory, and they'll label me as a young earther. A young earther. Hey, you put young on me anytime, I'll take it, right? They'll label me as a young earther, the fringe of Christianity. I just want to believe what God said. But ask yourself, why is Genesis 1 so hard to take at face value? People may laugh at me. I have friends of mine I've been talking to creation. My good friends, they're, they're not, some of them aren't saved. Some of them are pretty distant in their relationship with God. But I talk to them about this stuff, and they laugh at me. They laugh at me and say, Pete, you just don't know. That's Okay. Because when I put my faith in God, who never changes, when I put my faith in God and my hope in him, you know what the Bible says? I'll never be put to shame. I take my stand on the word of God. I take my stand on the word of God. 
I want to hold on to Scripture. I want to hold on to Scripture. Why? Because it's never lied to me. Science has lied to me. They told me I was from a monkey. Science has lied to me. They told me that I was created by a big bang, a little singular moment that exploded. But my God has never lied to me. And so in Genesis 1, when you read God said, let's take them at face value. You may disagree. You may say, Pastor, that's not possible. Listen, I understand that. But I'm just going to teach you what God's word says. So the challenge for this week, read Genesis 1. Take notes, look at it, and see what you discover. And we'll talk about it. Matthew 24, Jesus said this, My words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God's truth will always be truth. Let's pray.